who swam the placental waters together and have navigated life as identical individuals. At childhood, the brothers shared clothes, a room, and birthdays, thus fortifying their bond. Nevertheless, their differences became apparent. While Jose and Angel love country, family, and rock and roll, they rarely see eye to eye. The only constant is their unique alliance and rivalry. They may have shared the room, but they don't share opinions. Welcome to another edition of Twin Talk with Jose and Angel. I'm Jose. And I'm Angel. And we're broadcasting live from Theo Luis's garage on TwinTalkCast.com. Yeah, and we're also doing it out of uh, the largest internet radio network in the world. That's Live365.com. What did I say? Like Live365? <laughs> because, I don't know. And just look for Twin Talk Cast Radio. We have a radio station. Oh, I guess you know that already. Eh? We thank you guys for tuning in every week as we bring you uh, whatever's trending. We give a, a chat and a talk and a discussion on what's going on in the news and sports and entertainment or whatever. Whatever the cheese may is. Whatever. But uh, we do it in such a way that... Cheese may. Whatever, it's because, you know, we're identical twins, but there's nothing identical about us except our DNA. Uh, indeed. That's a pretty biggie, though. Indeed, yes. Anyway, today we have a fantastic show for you tonight. We have, listen, awesome, some great controversy, great, so, uh, uh, fantastical <laughs> controversy coming out of the Middle East. Did you say fantastical? Yes, fantastical. You just, had, you just had to throw in another syllable in there to sound smarter, huh? Fantastical. <laughs> fantastical uh, 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 controversy coming out of the hey, Middle East, and we have- Less is more, bro. Less is more, eh? And we have uh, the great um, Lisa Deftari, Middle East expert, uh, journalist, and um, blogger, and friend of ours, who's going to be on with us tonight in the second hour talking about specifically the uh, very controversial trade for 10, or I'm sorry, five high level Al Qaeda prisoners. I mean, talking high level, I mean, planners, planners for Al Qaeda, the, the president. Exchange those for one very controversial soldier. Many say, <laughs> many say he's a deserter. Uh-huh. And uh, he exchanged five of them for one of eight, ours who apparently deserted. But she's going to be on with us to talk about that. Uh-huh. I highly recommend you stay tuned and listen to it because um, she controversy. Is, she's actually a really <laughs> smart girl. <laughs> she, <laughs> she puts <laughs> it very... <laughs> Controversy. She puts it out there for us to, uh, um, in, a, in a layman's term, makes it easy to understand all the quagmire that we call the Middle East and, and, she, and the administration's policy. Hey, but 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 she was also voted like we you know we won't talk about by this. the Washington Post. <laughs> we well we will well, if we ha- anyway she was voted by the Washington Post as one of the top six sexiest. Women's in political women in politics or something like yeah, that. Yeah, she was. She was like number six out of <laughs> thirty or something like that. And uh, so she's, she's a hot babe, eh? Because that's what we got here, eh? We, <laughs> we got hot babes here. Anyway, she's in the garage también. Eh? Well, let me tell you, the hot thing about her is obviously she's a very attractive girl, but she's got a brain. She's a smart kid, and she's she's from somewhere in the Middle East. 
So she's got people out there, right? Well, why do you say she's from the Middle East? Well, well, she's got family and friends or something. Like, she's got connections, eh? How about that? She's got connections. All right, we'll keep it on the down low. Yeah, this chick's connected, eh? <laughs> All right, I get the hint, bro. Uh, <laughs> you don't know where she's from. How do you know where she's Actually, from? Actually, I don't know. But the Tari doesn't sound Mexican, eh? <laughs> so if it's not Mexican, it's the Middle East. <laughs> <laughs> it must be If you're not Mexican You're white Or the Middle East That's all there is Nothing in between Because <laughs> you know Filipinos They're Latinos <laughs> Right If you're black Well you're black And you're, you, there's some Latino there uh, Anyway um, Also <laughs> tonight uh, Angel's going to have His drop a chill lounge Also stay tuned For my Patreon pass In which I will rant And uh and I will spillage the uh, <laughs> of the mouthage spew, but you mean spew from the mouth? <laughs> okay, it is usually where I rant on something that is not very politically correct, but to me, it's very important that we express our opinions, even if it means uh, alienating some people, just to put out the truth, and also, in most importantly, in order to maintain our right to freedom of expression okay. that's protected by our constitution. All right, Mister Scully. That's shit. why it's called the truth is out there, all uh, Mister Scully. Scully, Agent Scully, or Mulder. <laughs> He's all making it seem like there's a cause, like oh, the truth. There is a cause. <laughs> It's in order for me. More importantly, it's in order to maintain our constitutional right. We will lose it if we don't use it. You know, so we got to use that right for to freedom of expression. Did you know that right now they are trying, Angel? No, in all seriousness, Angel. In all seriousness, did you know that they are trying to amend the First Amendment right now? Amend it? Yes. Um, uh, Harry Reid, Mitch McConnell, and uh, several other congressmen want to write an amendment. To our constitutional right to freedom of speech, in particular, to uh, when it comes to criticizing uh, and uh, uh, politics, that is incredible. And we're living in a time that's it, very dangerous. Hey, but those batos are like, you know, they got nothing on our fathers of of our country, as you would put it. What mean our forefathers? Are they, the, the, the fathers of our country, the framers of our constitution? They got nothing on them, eh? You know, the, yeah, they, they do. They, you know, what they got on them? Life. They're alive right now, and they're, <laughs> and they're in power. And those vatos can't come back and, you know, and, hit them up. <laughs> and our forefathers, they wrote into the Constitution so, so that the government would have limited power. And right now, it's rampant. So they, they could write whatever they want, eh? but, but can they pass it? That's the thing. They're passing it. Look what's going on. People, you know why? Because people don't care. People do not care what's going on right now. And they get mad at you if you speak up. Nah, like you, it's unpatriotic. You know what? I don't think it's that people don't care. It's if they think that people are, are kind of numb and, and kind of... No, most people don't care know, or they're of. stupid. And you know what? I asked uh, Lisa. I mean, uh, we're, Lisa and I are going to talk about this. I'm going to ask her. Did you say most people? Yeah, most people. Uh, <laughs> Listen, today there was an election here in California. There was an election, right? 8% turnout. Is that all? Yes. There, it's probably projected no more than 12%. But realistically, 8%. Come on. 10 million people alone in Los Angeles County. It's, uh, 8%. Let's go on. back to talking about use it or lose it, eh? That sounds like a, like a teenage boy after he got caught, you know. Hey, mom, I got to use it or lose it. <laughs> Oh my God! Looking, looking at his dad's Playboy, yeah, I always go in the gutter. Don't <laughs> you? Got to use it or lose it, Mom. 
Anyway, <laughs> I'm going to ask Lisa somewhere in our conversation, why is it important to bring stuff up like this? You know, because it's not popular to talk right now. It's not popular to, to criticize the president or his policies. People get offended. It's ridiculous. It's it's. Yeah. Anyway, also tonight, stay tuned uh, later on in the show in the first hour. Straight out of Telemundo and NBC multimedia journalist, a friend of Twin Talk with Jose and Angel, and the only one to bring us the news and dirty laundry, Jackie's going to give us what's late, latest in the news. What's up, Jackie? What do you have for us later tonight? Hi, guys. Tonight on News and Dirty Laundry, minimum wage workers in Washington had a big win this week. I'll let you know what that nice little win that was. And finally, uh, a historic Time magazine uh, hit the stands. I'll tell you who was on that cover and why it was so controversial. A new study says porn might be bad for your brain. <laughs> I think 98% of men just stop breathing right now, right? They don't care. <laughs> they don't I, <laughs> I'm sure they went... <clears throat> I don't think they care. <laughs> I'm sure you want to know why, though. You really should. It's actually a very interesting study. All that and more coming up on News and Dirty Laundry. <laughs> so stay tuned for News and Dirty Laundry. Jackie Casas is the only one that does a News and Dirty Laundry only for us on Twin Talk with Jose Angel. Oh, I don't know if I want to hear that in the story, eh? <laughs> uh, I'm, letting you, I'm letting it breathe so that you can let it out of you. That really... Made, I'm looking forward to it. I, that I, that missed, one struck a chord. I missed Jackie. She she was gone, you know, last week. You know, I'm glad she's back today. You know, and, uh-huh. you know. I mean, we're we're lucky she's ever here, eh? You know, but uh, you know, she brought it again, eh? Awesome, <laughs> eh? Anyways, for those of you guys that don't know, Jackie wasn't here last week, and Jose wasn't here last week, right? Um, I, whatever, you know, it happens, and uh, but we still had a show, um, uh, myself and the uh, comedian. And radio show host, and now movie star uh, Jeffrey Keller was co-hosting with me. Yeah, and we were talking about he filled in for Jose. Yes, and it, for it's me. Funny, we're talking about the killing, the uh, the one in Santa Barbara, because you—that's where you were covering from so, the, yeah. the story you called in. Right, talked about some of that stuff. That was pretty cool. Also, we also had a really. A really cool guest that you lined up, Jose. I was I'm glad to to have met him, Luis J. Rodriguez. He's a candidate for uh, California governor uh, um, and is endorsed by the Green Party. Uh, and uh, he's just a, a, a you know he, Hispanic, you know, from the area that has a really good uh, uh, points on uh, things that really matter out there. I mean, I think he's really in touch on some of the th- the issues as they say. And he's and and it's a ground roots thing, but he's he's really stirring it up out there, man. Well, I wonder what's going on with the the election. I wonder where he stands right now cuz today is the election. Indeed it is. But we know that uh, I tell you, I got to tell you. Um, I bet you uh, Jerry Brown will be uh, reelected. Well, you know what? Be- before we go on to that speculation, mm-hmm. I do want to uh, encourage our listeners who didn't get a chance to listen to it. If you're on your way to vote, <laughs> put it on on your way over there because and even it's not if, available. And even if it's, it's not on our podcast, okay. Well, later because on, our, our, it's our, not on our podcast. No, our guy hasn't put it up. Okay. Well, when it is on our podcast, it'll be back up there soon. <laughs> Listen to him, the guy. Whether he wins or not, I think it's a bigger thing here because he's uh, uh, he's he's bringing up a lot of uh, support uh, in the community, 
and uh, I think he really, you know, we're, <clears throat> he's stirring up uh, a lot of uh, thought and inspiration and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Well, just go to uh, Luis Rodriguez for governor and check it out. I hate to say that uh, we're a little behind on the, on the podcast. There's some issues, but um, that's too bad, dude. Anyways, you guys listen to it then anyways. Um, what's that? Anyway. <laughs> Right now, California looks like it's. Uh, uh, let me look at the uh, at the uh, current uh, election standings, and it looks like um, Democrats are favoring, of course, in California, of course, current seats. Uh, Democrats hold California as always, and let's see. Jerry Brown looks like uh, Jerry Brown has been. Um, Projected as the winner as of now, of course, and and that'll be like that'll be his fourth term. It'll he, be his fourth term. You know that he started when he was dating uh, that singer, Linda Rodstad. Linda Rodstad. Wow. He. Well, you know then, who Linda Rodstad is? Yeah. She was like like uh, hot dude, when she first came out, all young and hot and Latina. Where did she get that last name? Lustrant? Is that not a Latino name? No, Rodstad? it's German, and you know. Um, uh, uh, Germans, uh, a lot of Germans uh, did settle in South America and in uh, Mexico yeah. after the Second World War. Uh-huh. And we happen to have a, a mutual friend, Jackie and I, who is the uh, cousin, right, mm-hmm. of Linda Rodstad. Yeah, that's his cousin, um, Jose Rodstad. He's Ronstadt. one of the uh, anchors in Spanish media. Shout out to Jose. Shout out to Jose, good friend of mine. Shout out, Holmes. Loves baseball, just like myself. He's a big baseball fan, and uh, his daughter also is a singer. Mm-hmm. Wonderful singer. Yes. Are you eating? I am. I'm sorry. <laughs> it doesn't say the standings for uh, Luis Rodriguez right now on the website, but projected as I probably as I guessed is, um, uh, you know, Gary, I mean Jerry Brown for the fourth time. We've got a Jerry Brown. <sighs> it's because they're all fixed, eh? They're fixed. Why do you think Obama's there? Why do you think Bush was there? Why do you think any of them get there? Because they're all fixed, eh? It's because people can't get away from the two-party system. Yeah. You know? And that was one of the good points uh, uh, that uh, uh, Luis uh, Rodriguez was uh, touched on on the interview. Uh, was was that, uh, you know, getting away from the two-party system. You know, people have this perception that there's only two parties and you know other parties are you know are better eh? you know sometimes you don't have to bring your own beer eh? it's already happening there eh? well yeah <laughs> here is some projections as of now for june 3rd 2014 at 7 20 p.m pacific time uh as far as governor elections are concerned across the country since today is super tuesday um current governors 29 uh, Republican and 21 Democrats projected as by the end of the night would be 30 Republican governors and 20 Democrats. Interesting. Does that mean the GOP is taking this all back? No. <clears throat> so can there be other people in the House? What do you mean? Like, you know, people from the Green Party or people from the Independent Party. Well, of course there can you- if they can make it. You know? Unfortunately, people are stuck in the two-party system, and more importantly, people are too lazy. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, America. You're too lazy to vote. 
and then you're too lazy to vote responsibly. You know, you pay attention to the stupid commercials and and read the L.A. Times and the New York Times. Hey, Do but, your own research. Well, it's not that hard. You know what? Age. Though I think they, I think I think the people are speaking loud and clear because I think that they're not stuck in the it, oh, seven or how many did you say went to to vote today? Only about eight percent. Okay, so. Actually, in actuality, you could almost say that 8% of the people are stuck in a two-party system. Because, no. because the rest of them, had they, had they voted, they probably, it probably if there was That's, other candidates... You're reaching, Andrew. You don't know that the 8% all voted in a two-party system. Andrew. I don't, but, but, but you know, a majority... I, I know. For, their, for it to be a Democrat up there, majority... No, if, a if lot indeed of times... He, if, indeed, if indeed he won... Then the majority of those are Democrats. A lot of time it has to do with the fact that a lot of people didn't go with the Republican GOP candidate and they took away votes from that candidate by voting for a Green candidate and therefore the, the you know, the other candidate, you know what I'm saying? When you I vote, know what you're saying, I know. So it has, but it, it's still, you know, it, as a whole, it still shows, you know, supposedly that there's a lot of, de- 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 you know, those D guys with the. With Democrats. The, what is it, the ass or the elephant? <laughs> which one's which? They're the ass. They're the ass, really? Yes. yes. What's what? I don't get it. The ass and the elephant. Uh, there's a story behind that. Yeah, I forgot. Who, it it, it ma- and which one's the true story? The one that depends on who tells it. The ass or the elephant? Right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> anyway. Uh, anyways, we're gonna give you some shout-outs whether you're an ass or an elephant. As long as you're listening to us, we love you. Anyways, your shout-outs are brought to you by Aladdin's Jr.'s uh, concert venue, restaurant and concert venue. And I'll give you some more information later on. First, I want to give a shout-out to... Un shout-out para... No soy yo, esto en mi generación. <laughs> That's your handle, eh, mija? Good to, see, uh, good to see your post and, you know, saludos and congratulations on your, on your little one. Way to go. Also, a shout-out to... Sargento Susej Surfing it up in Mexico From The Plan Sargento Susej From The Plan They're a pretty cool uh, band They're going to be here on our show sometime in the coming weeks Also Rosie Hernandez Hi mija uh, Jose Medina Arlene Valdez Kathy D. Something It's three syllables I can't pronounce your name baby But thank you for being there Kathy Denagol There you go I knew you'd get that one, brother. <laughs> also, Brett R. Lennifer J. Hey, I like that name, eh? That's like a backwards Jennifer Lay, huh, right? <laughs> I like Lay better, eh? That sounds better. Also, I want to give a shout-out to my wife, baby. Don't be mad, baby. Just don't be mad, eh? You got any shout-outs? I want to give a shout-out to Coach Stephanie, Coach Gio, Coach Dave. Thanks so much for that long, awesome season with uh, my son's team. And thanks for listening. Want to give a shout out to Sarah. Sarah, get better. My girl Sarah had a fight with a train. She lost the fight, but she's still with us, thank goodness. Hang in there, babe. I love you. I'm so glad you're doing better. Stay away from those trains, those MTA trains. They don't stop for a car, especially a Hyundai. Also, I also want want to give a shout out to um, uh, my friend uh, uh, Dennis Lottie. Thanks for all your help. Shout out to Sumo. Miss you guys. The voice is over, but we're still friends, right? Okay. Uh, I just want to throw in a quick shout out to Saya Danielle. Congratulations on your graduation and being keynote speaker. Awesome. O- over at uh, Roland High School, class of 
What year is this? Did she graduate from high school? Yes. Oh, really? That was high school? <laughs> yes. Congratulations, class of 2014. All you graduates, whether you made it to talk on the speakers or not, congratulations. You guys rock, eh? That's awesome. Congratulations. Say, I saw the picture. I thought it was junior high. And she was <laughs> keynote speaker. Awesome. There you go, baby. Your shout-outs are brought to you by uh, Aladdin's Junior... Mediterranean cuisine and concert venue. They're in the city of downtown Pomona where it's cracking, eh? They've got a little arts district going on over there. Every second Saturday, they stay open late. Anyways, they, they have great Mediterranean food, um, good selection of beer, and they have music on the weekends. Also, uh, you know, you can give us a call at 626-275-8946. I'm sorry I interrupted you. 626-275-8946. We'll be right back with the news and dirty laundry. is your loca host of Maz TV. Just wanted to check in with y'all and let you know to catch our show every Saturday at 8.30 a.m. on Channel 20, DirecTV, Dish, and AT&T U-verse. Tune in. And welcome back to Twin Talk with Jose and Angel. I'm Jose. And I'm Angel. <laughs> <laughs> and we're broadcasting live from Theo Luis's garage on TwinTalkCast.com. We do it every Tuesday night because Tuesday is Tuesday, right, brother? Right, and we also do it out of the largest internet radio network in the world that's Twin Talk Cast Radio. That's our radio station you're listening to. Uh, listen guys, call us up at 626-275-626-275-8946. We take your calls, your comments, your criticisms, all your craziness. We will take that we also. T- we take your money, <laughs> virginity. <laughs> <laughs> Also, uh, beer, eh? <laughs> also, uh, give us a chat at, on Facebook at six two six two six Twin Talk Show. Facebook Twin Talk Show, uh, uh, Twinstagram Twin Talk Show, and Twitter 
twin talk show. There's there's got to be a million of them out there now. Really, like, what like a social media? Social media like Pinterest. We're not on that one. It's Pinterest. Dude. No, that's twin Twinterest. Pinterest. <laughs> Pass me a cookie, bro. Pinterest. And then there's Kick, right? Cookies? Okay. No, forget the cookies. Ah, chingao. Uh, so there's Pinterest, but we don't do Pinterest. No, we don't. That's do. for girls who want recipes. Is it? <laughs> That's all it is. <laughs> what's the? What's another one? Kick. What would that be? What is kick? Twick. I never heard of kick. There's. I don't. I don't know. I, I've heard, I've seen people. I've heard of kick. I've never heard of kick. Remember her kick? I've never heard. Of, I've never heard of kick. I've heard of uh, MySpace. Ah. And then there's Vine, and then there's that other one where you could do videos instead. It's Vine. No, there's a, it's another one. It's like Focus or something. Like all you do is videos. It's kind of weird, but I, I didn't want to dabble in that. Eh? You know, it's a little too advanced for me. It's so you know? much social gadgetry. You know. You know what? If you want to talk about something, if you want to check out a great <laughs> angel, if you want to check, you, can you say gadgetry again? Gadgetry. <laughs> if you want to see a, uh, if you want to watch. Uh, an awesome documentary that will tell that will open your eyes as to where we're living and what age we're living with the age of surveillance and how um, the uh, private industry has given in to the government. Check out Terms and Conditions May Apply. Oh, that's on Netflix. It's on Netflix. I haven't seen it. Well, first, I, su- good? I suggest you do it this way. Go to PBS, and I'm, I'm talking to all the listeners too. Go to PBS.org. And go to the front line, the show front line, and watch these two documentaries. It's called The United States of Secrets. It opens up the whole NSA program and all that stuff, parts one and two. And then when you're done watching those, go to Netflix and watch Terms and Conditions May Apply. It will show how we, our Fourth Amendment has been gone and eradicated. In this day and age right now, it's capitalism. I told you, Jose. Why? What are you talking about? Cap- it has nothing to do with capitalism. It, it does. It has nothing to do with capitalism. What are you talking about? Check it out. Check it out first before you talk about okay. capitalism. Okay, t- I won't talk about it. You know, back to voting. Like, today's a voting day, right? <clears throat> you know, John Trudell? John Trudell, the uh, the activist from the National right. Association, uh, uh, right, writes, uh, in American Indian Association, AIM, she, uh, activist, uh, and also poet, and actually... Uh, uh, pretty much respected in the whole uh, community in the uh, uh, right yeah, of uh, activism and whatever. Uh-huh. He speaks. Uh, he's he posted something just today on his Facebook. John Trudell. It says voters don't change the system; the system changes them into believers of political promises as a way of avoiding the reality, no matter how they vote or who they vote for. They end up deeper in debt and with less individual liberties as a legacy to their children. So political promises becomes their drug. And in a need for validation, they start pushing that drug. That was posted today, eight hours ago on his Facebook. That's obviously someone who does not believe in the system. Uh-huh. And, and so what does he want? A, a social system? What does he want? A dictatorship? What does he believe in? I mean, you got to look in, in its essence. Uh, the election process, if it works correctly, yes, it gives you a voice. He's saying that it doesn't because uh-huh. if it's corrupted and they just give you promises that are empty. In essence, he's right. Uh-huh. But by but but by going by that route, we'll have it, it breeds apathy. Apathy breeds um, lack of of 
a participation, and if we don't participate, the the prophet the prophecy will come true. I think I think though, but when you but he also goes to talk about how we 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 push these political promises because the dialogue within the voting system talks with about a bunch of promises, and then what happens is that we we. What what I see in his post is that the dialogue that continues within the whole political dialogue is is circular, and it's going to keep us there, and we're going to continue to validating whether whether any any that's pro- if you're not conscientious about it. That is right. that's if you're not smart about it. That's if you just perpetuate the the uh, 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 the same old same old protocol. But you know what though, this is the thing: is that the status quo. The thing is this: the thing is this. Is that it's important to talk about to to bring it up in the sense of like you know what this isn't working and stimulate that thought and not any one person just and you're the first person to say that like Obama not any one person has the solution we all do so uh, John Trudell is what he does he 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 speaks and he and he gets people thinking and that's what but we it need sounds like he but it thinkers. sounds like he's apathetic to the system like he has mm-hmm. like he chooses not to participate. And by doing that, well, by, but, by you know choosing, what? but let me finish. Yeah. By choosing not to participate, then you're enabling your oppressor. You know what? To I, oppress you. I I don't I don't know what uh, where he where he where, where he stands right now. You know, I can't get into his head, but he's one of the most. He's been one of the most activist persons in the U.S. You know, where he actually there's uh, he lost his whole family and. Uh, and in uh, in questionable circumstances where the FBI right. was involved, mm-hmm. uh, he went uh, in exile to Canada for a while after that uh, because he was very outspoken against for civil rights, right, uh, and also against uh, um, energies that that were uh, you know like nuclear energy and stuff like that. So I think that what he does, he you know, there's there's a lot of material on YouTube material out there of his own where he speaks uh, at different locations and different uh, forums. Uh, and also in his uh, his music and his poets, he stimulates the thought. I think that's where, where what he's doing, and I think that that's where he goes because it seems to me that you know you, you know he's probably gone to a point where you know I need the biggest impact I, uh, he can make is you know is in his words in the sense of changing people's thoughts. Whether he he uh, participates in the voting system, I don't know. That's that's a very. I you don't. Know, you I bring don't up know. a good point, Angel. Today I was listening to talk show uh, Larry Elder, mm-hmm. and he was talking about uh, about the low voter turnout, the typical low voter turnout in California. And um, you and were talking to Larry Elder? No, I didn't. Well, I did call him today. Actually, I talked to him all the time, yeah. but um, <laughs> I was listening to him on his radio show. And he was talking about that, and he said something very interesting because uh, a caller called in and said, "Look, man, I'm just sick of this. No matter what, pe- the caller was very sick of it. He's, I'm, people are stupid. They keep voting for the same stupid crap. Nothing changes. What can we do?" And Elliot says, "We need to change people's way of thinking, mm-hmm. and this is how we do it. What you and I are doing right now, this is how we do it. Even though you and I disagree, we put pe- things out there for people to think about." Yeah. And agree or disagree, and maybe spark some some individual thinking where they're not just looking for the narrative and see which way to go. And that's what's my biggest passion. And that's why I, I get a lot of crap on Facebook. And the irony is that a lot of people can't get out of that two party system. You notice, Angel, every time I post something, 
Yeah. About, you, you, and, but you notice, let me finish, how people immediately take a side, a Republican or a Democrat side, and I don't even, I'm not even a Republican. Amen. I'm not even a Democrat. You know what? All I know is that I've been a multi-party system since high school, eh? I never just stopped at one or two. I go to the next party, eh? <laughs> and then I'll pick up some flyers there, remember? That was handed off flyers with all the dance clubs and car clubs. Party over here. Orale, get in the car, guys. We try to get as many people as we can over there. So I'm a multi-party dude, eh? It's all one big party as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> Anyway, there you go. When you hear that guttural beat right here, here it is. You know it's time that that guttural beat grabs you from the loins and says, and squeezes. Ouch. It's time for the girl with the news, the girls with the dirty laundry, the girls with the skinny on the boobies and everything else, the girl with the pink headphones. Multimedia journalist, friend of Twin Talk with Jose and Angel. We love her to death. Ladies and gentlemen, it is Jackie Casas with the news and dirty laundry. Hi, guys. Hey. Yay, I'm back. You're back. We're all back. Welcome back, Jackie. (laughs) I miss you guys. We always miss you. Every time I don't see you guys for a while, I get kind of sad. Uh Uh-huh. And I feel like I miss you guys. You can move in. We mid... We, we have that effect on women. Yeah. Yeah. We yeah. we cheated on you, though. What? Uh, you weren't here, and I played that song last week. Uh, <laughs> how dare you guys. No, I wasn't here, so don't put me guys. in the same book. You know, uh, earlier today, I was running errands around Theo Luce's garage, and I was thinking, I wonder if I can come and just crash at Theo Luce's garage. Of course. And then, and then just be here until the show. You can. I- <laughs> Definitely, my brother has extra room. Uh, my Theo Luis has extra. <laughs> I just, I just bought a new bed. <laughs> but it's your bed. No, 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 no. I have another, and for the boys, my boys' bed oh, where they sleep in. In okay. the well, Theo Luis's garage has a new bed. <laughs> There's a spare room in Theo Luis's garage. Mm-hmm. I should leave you a key. Seriously. Well, I was, I had so many errands running around here, and I was dying, as you know. I have the early I know shift. The and I was just dying, but I had to, or else I would have ran out of gas. I would have been stranded, and I had a bunch of stuff I had to do around here. I, and I totally. Was like, I wonder if I just crash at the Elusa's garage. I and then totally, just wake totally, up and be ready for the show. Totally relate. I don't mean to interrupt. But it's just I totally relate to that. I did that shift. Yeah. And it's horrible. Yeah, it's lovely. I, I, I thought it. you were going to say, I totally, totally want you to stay. <laughs> <laughs> I you, totally, totally would stay too. I've been meaning to leave you a key, and I should leave a key. I should give you an expert key. Yes, it yeah. would be nice. But anywho, it was just a thought that uh, <laughs> came up in my mind when I was just so desperate for summer to crash. <laughs> anywho, I miss you guys. I'm glad to be back. I'm sorry I was a little not so lovely last week. I sounded like a 97 year old chain smoker last week. It was horrible. It was horrible. I sounded awful. My voice was awful. It was did you Did you look like one? The thing is that I was totally fine except for my throat. I had no stuffy nose. I had no headache. It was just my throat and my 97-year-old chain smoker voice. Uh, it was bad. It's the chemtrails from the valley, eh? It's crazy out here. I don't know what it was, but it was horrendous. So, anywho, I'm glad to be back, guys. Welcome, Welcome back. Yeah, let's get started, guys. Boy, oh my soldier boy. 
All right. This sounds kind of actually romantic and sweet, and the story is not. (laughs) (laughs) Five years after the Taliban took a prisoner, uh, Army Sergeant Bo Bergdahl is finally coming home. U.S. Special Forces recovered Bergdahl in eastern Afghanistan earlier this weekend. He was released in exchange for five prisoners who were being held in Guantanamo Bay. Bergdahl disappeared in 2009 after he walked away from his military base carrying only a compass and a bottle of water. He left behind his gear, his armed uh, guns, and any sort of additional gear that he would need, only left with very minimal items. American officials believe he spent much of his captivity in Pakistan. The last video that was shown of him being alive was made public in January. Uh, Wait a second. You mean this guy was on post, like with sandbags and shit, you know, like on post with like camouflage (laughs) in the desert and then just left? He was in combat duty in Afghanistan and there are claims that he's been called a deserter. What did he take? He he didn't take his his iPad? Technically speaking, he he was (laughs) he finished his shift. And then he walked off his post, but he left his gear. And there are reports that he left a note saying he was done with this and I'm leaving for a better life. Mm-hmm. In Pakistan? <laughs> he was in Afghanistan. In Afghanistan? But he ended up in Pakistan. Yeah, it seems that he voluntarily left his unit. And this has been confirmed by but, a couple but, of platoon members. But that's called uh-huh. AWOL. That's going AWOL. That means that's a uh, nice way without, without AWOL. When yeah. you go AWOL, you, it's, that's... Especially in a war post, that's punishable by death. Did you know that? They, you can be pun- no for during war, leaving your post and going to the enemy is punishable by death. Because then they perceive you like the enemy. Absolutely. Well, do we know that he went to the enemy to be on their side, or he just? It's there was claims that he was done with the war and that he was yeah. quote embarrassed to be an American. So you so do you think he just said like Charlie, I'm tired, hey, I'm out of here, and he just walked away with. And not went to this is what you're saying is like well, I'm just going to walk I, home from everything here. Everything is still well. It's <laughs> ironic that you say that because he there was claims that he was saying that he wanted to walk across the mountains to India. That that's what he wanted to do. So when his um, <laughs> platoon found out that he had gone missing, they weren't really surprised. They he, kind of sort of already knew that that was the vibe he was he was showing. Uh-huh. He wasn't necessarily one to. So he's kind of dumb, eh? He, he, no, he you, wanted to walk home, okay? No, he didn't. And then and walk home, and then, of course, he's going to get caught by the other guys, right? No, here's They're the They're going to look at him and say, where are you from, man? Eh? Here's the deal. This is what's terrible about this. And, uh, by the way, stay tuned. In the second hour, we're going to talk to Middle East expert um, Lisa Daftari from lisadaftari.com, journalist and so forth, and she will be uh, sort of... Uh, analyzing this for us. But the interesting thing about this is it's not that simple, Angel. Um, the, it's a very questionable situation. You have more data on that? Yeah, it, it just uh, after he left, we went missing. There was a search for him, and there was actual, actually six soldiers that died in trying to find him, trying to find this guy. He was gone for five years. Oh, he really? He was gone for five years in his hometown. They still had, like, yellow ribbons out in, in, in hope to find him because there were videos that were released of him being alive. There were videos where he asked to be brought home home 
multiple times. However, now when they actually talk to the platoon members, although this was from the get-go when the investigation was done on why he went missing, there were people that were saying that he, he left. He, he left. He well, left, but they were asked to the military. Quiet. The military actually um, stated that it was irrefutable that he left. Then, but so why, it wasn't but like why, he was captured. No, but that was he was that categorized was never... as that. So, so, he, but it was cut hush. That... No, it was always known. It was something that came out. This was five years ago. Yeah. Okay. And now here's what's interesting: three do- three days before Bo Bergdahl was rescued. <laughs> Sorry, Bo. <laughs> before he was so called yeah, rescued. Names, eh? First of all, like Jackie says, he was he was rescued or traded for five of the top. Taliban. They're leaders. Leaders. And they were like up there people. I mean, top five Al-Qaeda prisoners in Gitmo. But you know what? But guys, me, three okay. days before that, Angel, here's what's what's crazy. There's some weird sh- shit going on, and it bugs the hell out of me. Three days before the rescue, Bob Bergdahl, Bo's father, tweeted, quote, I am still working to free all Guantanamo prisoners God will repay for the death of every Afghan child. Amen. And this tweet was directed at this screen name, at A. Balki, which is a Twitter handle for Abul Kahar Balki, who is one of the spokespersons for Al-Qaeda. That's, that was eventually taken down, but not before people took a screenshot of it, and it's out there. So this is questionable, dude. What are you saying? Do you think he's like in cahoots with the Taliban or? Well, there's there's possibilities. Let's just say this. Let's just say that somehow Bob Bergdahl contacted the Taliban via tweet and just to get his. There's that that one thing just to rescue his son. Act as sympathetic. Uh, Let's just say that. uh But his son beforehand knew people knew of his son before he walked away that he was tired and didn't want to fight the war that he was sympathetic and he walked away and left a note saying such and walked away into the enemy's hands so i do not believe he was captured per se as much as he just went in because he was sympathetic he did not want to fight that war and he walked if you don't want to fight the wall war okay don't fight it but don't walk into the enemy's hands unless you're with the enemy you know what i'm saying and then so and then during the so so hand him a hostage so that we can cash him in later? Is that what you're exactly saying? That, exactly that. Why not? But why, that's like uh, five years, eh? That's no, like I'm not saying time. that's what was intentional. I'm saying that perhaps there's a possibility that the father uses that to act sympathetic. But I question that. I do believe that the father is that not... Is very strange. I, you see a picture of his dad. I'm sorry, but he's got a long, like, freaking Taliban beard. I'm sorry to stereotype, but he does. Yeah, he does. And and then when he said thank you uh, at the Rose Garden with the president, he spoke in Arabic. Now, if I was a soldier, nothing against our Arab brothers and sisters. Arabic? And nothing against our Arab brothers and sisters. But if I was a soldier and the enemy typically was Arabic and, and was killing my brothers and sisters at war, and then a questionable soldier who all the other soldiers have gone on television and radio saying, this guy's a deserter, he gets rescued. Six soldiers died to rescue this guy. And then his father comes out and speaks in Arabic at the White House. I would be pissed if this was. This is kind of fishy. Eh? Very it's fishy. Extremely. But strange. you know what's we know what's fishy about what's a trip too is that it's in the open, in your face. 
What's, it, what's that? The way they say it's it? blatant. It's like it's uh, hiding in plain sight. There you go. They're hiding something in plain sight. It's like if we just zen and empty the talk. You know what's funny? You mentioned that, Angel. And we'll know what it is. It's funny you said that because when you um, what is it? You say that. That's what's been going on this whole this whole um, um, administration. They do things blatantly in our face. You know uh, what he said in Arabic was in the name of God, the merciful, the compassionate. He said that in Arabic. The uh, the irony here is that he was being held in Pakistan, uh-huh. and in Pakistan, and the part of Pakistan they were they don't speak Arabic. What does the man do? The father. I don't know, but he's a freaking. I'm sorry. He's standing next to the president. I'm here to tell you, if the president ain't the freaking antichrist, he's making he's paving the way. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> it is horrible. Oh man! If you want to hear, I got the words here. Here it is. Let me find it. Um, let me find it here. If can, do you mind if I play it there, Jackie? No, sure. Go right go. ahead. Here it is. Here's the Arabic words. Oh, uh, there's a trailer on this. I hate when YouTube does that. I can't just get to it. <laughs> I know it is. YouTube it is. is a monopoly. I'd like to say to Bo right now, who's having trouble speaking English. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Zayabayem. I'm your father, Bo. Um, That's bullcrap. First of all, he says that Bo's having trouble speaking English because for five years he's been with the Arabs. But before that, for 20-some years, he lived in America. So I don't believe that. The people of Afghanistan, the same. Um, Khalifa al-Thani. The complicated nature of this recovery was will never really be comprehended. Um, To each and every single one who affected this um, in this country, in the service branches, at the State Department, uh, throughout the whole... Whatever. I don't want to give any more airtime to this fool. It's uh, CIA. It's got to be CIA. It's probably all false flag. You Where's know? the false flag on this one? I don't understand it. Well, the, the, the guy was wearing the false flag, eh? He was a soldier for the Americans and went with the other guys, eh? So there's the false flag right there. Eh? <laughs> that's, that's not what false flag means, bro. But. It means, means to me, eh? It's a false one, eh? According to him, he it spent the last five years uh, after his son was captured. According to him, he immersed himself into books about Afghanistan and their language and to be able to speak to his the captors of his son and that's and he's just completely transformed physically with the long beard that he had um and that's supposedly what his whole goal was with learning the language I heard he he learned it through Rosetta Stone what a yeah. Really? <laughs> what an ad for the Rosetta Stone. But, <laughs> but that's like this weird like Stockholm Syndrome type of thing going on. Except he's not the one who's being held. His son is. It, well, you know, they say like, you know, you want to be close to your enemy, right? So mm. you, I think that was a good tactic. Now, if this is totally genuine, you know, like the dad just trying to help his son, that was a good tactic from the dad, you know, get to know the guys, offer him a beer, you know. <laughs> and next thing you know, your 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 son's coming home. It's really it's, strange, though. It's a good point. You what got ca- there, do they though. drink beer over in Pakistan or Afghanistan? I'm sure they do. But do you bring they? up a good point. I mean, okay, maybe the father did everything he could to get his brother, his son back. <laughs> uh-huh. But let's go. Let's take that. Check is all like. But let's I'm sure they do. But let's <laughs> but let's take that away now. Let's go back to the bigger picture because any father or mother would probably do anything for that. 
take that element out completely. Pretend that doesn't exist. Pretend this was, you know, whatever. The president of the United States, his administration chooses this soldier who walked away from his post, leaving. Essentially, let's say he didn't even go to the enemy to join the enemy, but he went AWOL. And he gives away five of the top Al-Qaeda operatives who we had captive who will go back and want to kill us. Are those five, were, were they part of that, that poker poker cards, the FBI poker cards? I remember those. <laughs> I don't were, remember were they, that. I don't know, but that's a good question. Because it was like like a poker card, guys, right? Yeah, I remember that. Do we know what like sort of criteria on why they picked these particular five Taliban leaders. I'll tell you like, was it just at random? I, no, I'll yeah. tell you why. Or was I'll it, tell you why because the press- They honestly look the same in pictures. <laughs> they, it looks like the same guy in five different lighting. Like dark hair, long beard. It looks like the same guy. But I just want to know why did they specifically pick, pick these guys? I'll tell you why. Because Al-Qaeda ran the picture. This is like the third example of our president making a stupid negotiation. It's stupid. It goes but, to show that our see, president but has not, less foreign policy but experience and 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 common sense than he's the worst president we've ever had. But it's not a ever. negotiation. It's all a setup. Perhaps. It's all like a false flag. You know? I don't know where the false flag comes in here. You got to explain but, that. But it's one of those things, you know, cuz a false flag <laughs> Explain is, that. A false flag is when they when they when they get a cast of characters, you know, and and they hi- and a bunch of actors, and they do a bunch of fake stuff. So no, this is not this necessarily is one of those false a false flags. flag. Is a situation when there is a disaster or a or, or or an attack or something that is staged. Yeah. In order. So to, this was staged. Okay. So what's the outcome of this? What do they I don't want? Know. I don't know. What do they ever order, want? Eh? I'll tell you what, why they're false. <laughs> what do false, they ever want? I'll tell you why they're World false. domination, you know? I'll tell you. No, but why? Uh, el mitote. They want to confuse us. They want to just confuse us, eh? Angel, for false flags happen or they occur or they're planned in order for them to re, uh, to be able to pass, you know, very stringent laws like, you know, the Patriot Pass and so on and so forth. What does here? Here, all this does is piss people off. You know, some people are saying that he did it because, you know, the VA scandal, you know, and it looks bad. How is this going to help the VA <laughs> well, scandal? clearly it was ill-conceived. They, NBC, NBC reported that, wow, that the, the White House actually expected people to be, hooray, you saved one of our own. But boy, did they make the wrong they mistake. They picked the wrong sucker to try to to seem like, oh, Obama brought back a hero. And Can I he's tell one you, of our soldiers. And I tell you why. Because Obama has gotten away, this administration has gotten away with such blatant crap that now they've gotten to the point where they think they can pull anything off and people are going to be okay with it. And I'm glad that people are not okay with it. And I hope that this goes back to everything else. You know, look, look, and the speech the president talked about bringing back all our men that are out there. Okay, there are four people that died in Benghazi and no one went to help after they called for help. There's a soldier in Mexico being held for driving into Mexico by accident with four guns and he's being held. Why didn't the, that would have been a lot easier. You yeah. wouldn't have to give away. But it that would, guy's the stupid would, ass. Like, so what, what do you mean so, like you missed your exit before the border? Uh, it's, like, it's easy to do. I've done it before. Uh, you got four guns in your car? A, you not, gotta get your. You better make sure you're on the straight and narrow okay. with that one. Okay, there was a soldier that but stationed... It it, it, let me just say that there was a soldier that that, sta- that stationed at the San Diego uh, Camp Pendleton, which is uh, right next to the Mexican border of Tijuana, 
Uh, and uh, and it is kind of hard when you're going south. If you miss your last yeah. exit, you can easily drive into the federales into the Mexican <laughs> border. So the, apparently, uh, what had happened? A soldier got uh, did that. He had some guns in his car. He wanted to be honest, and he said, "Hey, I got guns. And I want to go back home." And now they're detaining him. And that's what the uh, they're talking about. Well, and see, the thing with that is that the president could have, if he wanted to take somebody back. He could have done that. He could have said to the to the Mexican pre, uh, gov, uh, uh, president, "said Hey, I just relieved six. I just released sixty thousand illegal aliens from prisons because we're <laughs> overcrowded. That's good enough for one of ours." No, nah, but you know what they would have said? He would have said, "No, nah, well, give him a green card, eh, and we'll let him go." Eh? <laughs> <laughs> That's what they, you know. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. It, it very. I I don't agree with it. I don't agree with what what happened. I I don't know. How this happened, guys. It's a very, very, very bad decision. And we'll move on to our next story. Uh, uh, oh, wait, 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 wait. We got another story. Hold on, hold on, hold on. What's this next story? Hold on, hold on. Hold on. Real quick. Hold on. I think I got music for you. Money? Uh, I do. I got money for you. Here it is. Uh, <laughs> all right, go ahead. This is so fitting for that, for your topic. The Seattle City Council unanimously passed an ordinance this week that will gradually increase the minimum wage in the city to $15, ah. which would make it the highest in the nation. Of course, we know that this has been the topic uh, for months all over the country, and there was many labor ac- uh, activists that packed the council chambers for the vote. Uh, the mayor promised in his campaign to raise the minimum wage to $15 an hour, and it was unanimous- unanimously voted in. Uh, council, several of the council members said that they wanted to stop the race to the bottom in wages and widening the gap between the rich and the poor. The measure it, would take effect on April 1st, 2015 and includes a phase in of the wage increase over the several years. Did you say whitening the fact? No, it's got to be, you know, multicultural, not just white. Eh? <laughs> Is this Washington, D.C.? No, the state, the, the state, state Washington. Yeah, the plan gives businesses uh, with more than 500 employees nationally at least three years to phase in the increase. Okay, what state is this? I lost for a second. I was Washington, cut. the state of Washington. Yeah. Well, as long as they don't bring the rent up, which they will. Um, let me let me say something. It is, the, the I don't know what the... Fifteen. Fifteen. All you got to do is the math. Fifteen dollars. Fifteen dollars. Listen, the, right the, now it's at eight something. Yeah. Well, in Washington, it's eight dollars. Really? Probably, uh, probably closer to nine, but not. No, quite not nine. in Washington. Washington's got to be a lot less than that because mm-hmm. California is like eight or nine. It's and Washington would be nine. less. Why, the why, current minimum wage in Washington State is nine dollars and thirty-two cents. Ah, that's good. Wow, it's more than ours. Yeah. Because ours is like eight or nine. Yeah, it's well, like. Yeah, it's somewhere between that. But wow. the current minimum wage in Washington State is nine thirty-two an hour. Well, here's hey, a, it ain't that much, but it's here's the deal. It's still more than us. Yeah. The problem here's the deal. The problem there's several problems I have with raising the minimum wage uh-huh. that much. One is this. First of all, minimum wage is not meant to be a living wage. You can't have every job you go to be a living wage. I'm sorry. It's just the way it is. And two, minimum wage. Raising the minimum wage will hurt the very people they pretend to want to help. I.e., minorities. I don't understand. And the, and I. Where did? The, let me finish. I.e., the minorities and uh, the people that are lower skilled. And I'll tell you why. If you're in a restaurant and you have 
two dishwashers, per se, let's say, and all of a sudden you have to raise the minimum wage to double what you already pay, then you're going to get rid of one of them. Which one are you going to get rid of? The low experience one. Unfortunately, they tend to be the minorities. So you tend to hurt the people that, that supposedly want to help. Bring it up a level. You're, you're kind of on the money on that, Jose, but it's, it's at a bigger level than that. The, uh, the, uh, 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 my train of thought. I lost my train of thought. Forget it. <laughs> okay. So it, this with this new um, vote in the state of Washington, now other states are looking at possibly, since this has been the talk for several months, where we've had walkouts from multiple, uh, particularly fast food restaurants and other uh, businesses that mostly have minimum wage workers, this could cause a topic for maybe it to trickle down to other states as far as bringing that in as their minimum wage. Okay, I want to bring I want to bring up what you said. Where do you get that minimum wage is not meant for a living wage? I don't understand it. Oh, then okay. why I'll, have a minimum? Then you can have uh, a I'll tell you, you why I tell you why you have a break, break the floor. It is that's a very good it's a very good question. How is how it's is it very, not meant to be a living wage? It's a very good question, Angel. It is a good not question. Not every job Angel think about it. It's a good question. Okay. Let me finish. Let me respond. Are you telling me that every job that you get, should whether you're delivering newspapers as a teenager or whatever, is meant to be a, a job that's supposed to pay your rent, pay your food, pay your bills, and all of that? Is it really meant that? That's what a living rage is. And for most people who are crying for that, are, that means also pay for family and kids. Okay. Are you telling me that yes. that's what it's supposed oh, to be? That, that or, or that, the cost of... Uh, or the cost of should uh, equal or or be the same as uh, you know they should be synced. I don't understand what, what do you mean. Synced? Yes, the answer is the short answer is yes. So you're saying that the job as a dishwasher. Jose, I at, just said yes. Uh, that doesn't make sense. So every job, if you Angel, if you Why own a restaurant, if you own a restaurant and you needed to hire somebody part time just to clean out the uh, the grease vats, mm-hmm. you know, part time because you don't need them there all day. Every day, you know, just four hours a night for five nights a week or whatever. Are you you telling me you're going to pay this person enough to raise a family and pay for his bills and all of that? Uh, that's a good point, Jose. That's a good question. The thought, the the discussion should be not on oh well, you know, I'm going to have to double it because the cost of living is so high. The 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 discussion should be as the cost of living is too high. Then let me ask so, you. No, it's so, not. That's not the discussion. Yes, it is. The discussion that's, is that's, raising the minimum that's, wage, that's, Angel. No, stay where you're at. No, that's what I'm, where you're that's at. what I'm telling you, Jose. That's what that's what I'm telling you. The 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 discussion indeed is okay. Raise the minimum wage. Uh, uh, Indeed, because that's where we're at right now. But in the meanwhile, stop these these uh, big uh, capitalistic monopolization companies <laughs> from raising. Okay, from raising costs. You wanna- Hold on, from raising costs and our politicians from raising taxes and keep it at a livable cost. And that you know, raising the, the raising. Yes, we should because what are we going to do? Are we are we ever going to bring the 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 cost of living back? It won't go back. No, but bring okay. our wages up 
bring our wages up and don't because like the 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 guy who's like in the small company that's hired is dishwasher and he has to raise this of course it's going to put him out of business because that's part of the plan because put the little businesses out of business because they're monopolizing okay the, so, the fun, the, irony, so the cap needs to be there irony the irony here is um the irony here is that um your um the irony here angel is that um <laughs> that you're trying to tell us that 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 they should put they should cap the the cost of living yeah. but the fact that you raise the minimum wage is going to cause inflation so the cost of living will go up as well angel uh, think about it. it it will based on projected no projected. no angel it's angel it's economics you can't fool math angel the projections my ass you come up with projections by you angel i'm sorry you don't understand <laughs> mathematics but that's I, how it works i understand projections it's like okay mathematics that's how it works it's like projections i, I got a really good projection so you want to borrow 20 bucks from me i said okay i'm gonna let you borrow 20 bucks but i'm projecting Fine. that it's gonna cost me about uh uh two cents uh, twenty five cents in 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 uh, in uh, punitive damages because I didn't I didn't have it to uh, buy myself lunch and my my wife lunch and so now I got upset so I project that I lost uh, uh, so much money in punitive damages okay it's it's money that was never there so you know what I'm saying it was never there okay whatever whatever it's projected anyways on the on the <laughs> line with us we have a phone call this is Jose from Twin Talk with Jose and Angel you're on live who is this Hector Barajas. Hector Barajas. Where are you calling from, my man? I'm calling you guys from Tijuana, uh, Mexico, Baja California. Nice. Hey, what's up, my man? Who's this? Who, hey, who? Hey, what's up, Hector? Who? who this is Angel. Uh, thanks for calling in. What? What makes you call in? I know who Hector is. He's from Banished Veterans, uh, a group. Tell us about Banished Veterans, Hector. Uh, myself, I'm a deported U.S. veteran. I served in the military for six years. I'm not alone. Uh, there's deported veterans uh, in 19 different countries. Okay. Uh, from uh, Vietnam War to current Iraq and Afghanistan. You know what? Hector, you're, you're a veteran? He's a deported veteran. He was deported and he is now in ve- uh, he is banished to Mexico without any, any of the uh, GI benefits. Is that correct? Yeah. So right now I'm currently, I have appointments in San Diego, which I'm not able to make, uh, make and, uh, also, my GI Bill uh, benefits are lost. Uh, you know, um, and you started a group called Banished Veterans. Is that what it is? Um, I, I'm the founder, director of the Deported Veterans Support House. Uh, I'm not the founder of Banished Veterans, but I was one of the people that, that has kept it going for the last couple of years. Tell us about that house that you uh, founded. Um, basically, I, I've always taken in deported veterans, so I saw a necessity. Uh, besides just taking in deported veterans, we also help them file for their benefits. Uh, we connect we, we connect with all kinds of different veterans to different countries. We had one guy just get deported to Jamaica. So the only thing we could do is basically connect them with other deported veterans that were already deported to Jamaica. And we have about six that we know of right now. So, hey, this is Angel Hector. So basically uh what you're saying is that the the uh what you help them is is to acclimate or kind of like uh, uh a place to go where there's people giving them support as to you know the acclimation to a, a foreign country which is really their country <laughs> yes um basically like right now um uh two days ago i was able to see a psychologist uh-huh. and uh they're gonna start helping us out 
with the Mexican government is going to be giving us uh, some kind of psychiatric help. Okay. So uh, we should be able to uh, uh, accommodate them in different in different areas, but it's 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 hard because we're limited with funds and all that. And, and uh, but we do provide a, a place for you to stay for a month. Hector, what was your rank before you left the military? I was a specialist. Uh, and and from when to when did you serve? I served from 1995 through 2001. I served with the 82nd Airborne, America's Guard of Honor. Did you see Americans. any? Did you see any action? No, I did not see any action. But I do have brothers that are deported that saw uh, action. And um, basically, you know, we're we're asking. We, we put our lives on the line. Myself, I did various airborne operations where I, uh, where you know, you could lose your life. We just had a paratrooper. Uh, she was 23 years old who died in a in a jump injury. So we all, we put our lives on the line for our country and, and, and now we're deported. And I did want to make a, a statement that we, we did get deported because we did not have our citizenship and we uh, are being deported because uh, we uh, committed some type of what's considered an aggravated felony, which could range from uh, writing a bad check to uh, discharge of a firearm, which happened in my case. Uh, but we already paid our debt to society. Um, and uh, the only benefit I have is is when I die, then I could be buried as an American in the United States. But that's only when I die. Hector, this is Angel. So what you're saying is that uh, the uh, banished veterans like like yourself have uh, served the country. Some of them, most if not all of them, uh, are veterans and completed uh, their service without a problem. And then afterwards had a bit of a run in or something with the law. That's what you're saying? Yes. Okay. It's a, a lot of these guys, you can uh, you can attribute some of their uh, their crimes to some kind of, to post traumatic syndrome because if they're out stealing, why are they stealing? Because they're having a drug problem. Why do they have a drug problem? Because of a lot of the symptoms that they came back from the war. But Hector, uh, this is Jose. Um, yeah, you, you know, we met before. Actually, we met. I was down there in Tijuana with you. Um, you know, you know, a lot of people will say, "Hey, man, you know, we got choices. You can make a choice to." continue on the path or stay on a different path um uh what do you say to people that say to you to not you you generally speaking well hey you made that choice now you gotta lie in your bed and you know and take it and i think oh, yeah we, we did make mistakes so let's find a solution we can argue back and forth about why and who and 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 the mistakes yes mistakes were made uh, that could be again that could be attributed to post-traumatic syndrome but let's find a solution to getting these guys home, at least to make sure that they get their treatment. Obama's, uh, uh, they just made General Shinitsky, uh, uh resign because right. of the VA. About, but now, what about all the guys, all the thousands of deported veterans that are being deported, and they're not even seeing a doctor? Right. At least these guys were in the, in the system. And so, you know what, though? Uh, I mean, uh, you just said it a minute ago uh, as well, Hector. I mean, if if you've paid your debt, you know, I, I presume you mean that if you committed a crime, you went to jail, you did the time, uh, I, the, there should be some consideration to that. Yes. Not to mention the fact that you served your country, man. Yes. Shit. And I, then, I hear and you on that. They, they, they're, they're, uh, I've, I've been seeing congressmen come and visit the, the Marine that's over here in uh, – in uh, in Tijuana, and uh, the, I know the situations look, you know, the, it looks kind of sh shaky. But this guy hasn't even been sentenced, and they're already trying to get him out of be going to prison. We already did our our time. We paid our debt to society. Why isn't there people, uh, congressmen, 
uh, asking for us to go home, you know, and I think a lot of it has to do because we're immigrant. Veterans, well, I'll tell, you, I'll tell you something that uh, and I want to get into a little bit of what's going on in the United States. I'm sure you're keeping track of some of the stuff with the VA hospital and everything. But before I do, let me ask you this. Um, um, uh, you mentioned um, that there's congressmen coming over and they're trying to help and all that stuff. But but one thing that bothers me, and, and please don't take offense to this, I think that, uh, for instance, in California and Los Angeles, we're living in a sanctuary state and sanctuary city where uh, so many uh, benefits are given to illegal immigrants who haven't mm-hmm. served our country, who are actually a burden to our society, uh, economically speaking. Um, do you feel a little bit jilted by that? Who, you who have served our country, uh, not being able to at least uh, uh, benefit from your VA benefits? I feel that, that you know, that we are being, uh, it's basically they're turning our backs on us. We, the benefits, there should, we, they shouldn't be denied to us at all. Um, the VA should be, be able to find some kind of way so that we could get seen outside of Mexico. There's a foreign medical program. There's all these uh, different things. Um, they should accommodate us getting, uh, at least getting our benefits, minimum. <laughs> if you don't want to bring us home, at least help us uh, get our benefits. But one, one of the things that I, I talked about the other day is that when we joined the military, we joined to protect our families, to serve our country, to protect our families. And now our children are being left without fathers, without mothers, because we have deported women veterans also. So, you know, it's, it's, it's uh, America is, is, I don't know, it's, it's, uh, I'm very angry at the laws. Um, I, I still love my country, you know, regardless of what's going on. But uh, I'm very, I think the laws should change, you know, and, and that's what we're trying to do. Hey, Hector, uh, Hector, this is AJ. I'm with you, man. I'm, I'm so happy you called in. I'm totally with you on this. I think that the, uh, the, uh, uh, the, I agree with you that it has to do with the immigrant issue because it's kind of the same thing. It's almost like the immigrant worker. The immigrant worker is exploited here. Uh, our economy relies on the low, low wages and poor working conditions that, these, that they're put into, and uh, yet they, they, they could be deported at any time. And yeah. in this case, it's the same thing. In, uh, you know, the, the 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 soldiers. We rely on them at uh, per se uh, for you know to protect us, and then deport it. I'm with you, brother uh, Hector. Um, let me ask you about what's going on here in the United States. I'm sure you heard that um, uh, the the president just negotiated with uh, the enemy and yes. uh, traded a con- controversial soldier named uh, Bo Bergdahl. Oh who apparently deserted his post in uh, Afghanistan for five of the top al-Qaeda leaders. How does that make you feel as a deported veteran who cannot even benefit from his VA um, help? I think um, negotiating with people is, I understand the part where we got to get, a, we leave no man behind, but then then we leave no man behind, we keep looking for him. But uh, when you negotiate with people, then that, that gives you're showing weakness and you're showing, okay, well, what's what's to say they're not going to take 10 more soldiers and then now they're going to start asking for more people. So now I don't, I don't know. It's very. Do you feel I mean, it's a slap it, in your face, though, the fact that they don't even talk to you? I, I think it's, you know, I think it's, it's they should start, they should, they should work on the deported veteran issue. I don't know about, I don't want to take nothing away from, from him being home because I know his parents are, must be very happy. I love my child, and, and just to see her would be like, it would change my life. I, I would be happy. That's very so, noble uh, of you to say that, but I'm pissed. 
<laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, it's, you know, and, and for me, it's just, I just want to go home to my family, you know. I know I made mistakes. I, I paid dearly for them. And if I make another, and if I, and if I commit another crime, yeah, I should go to jail. So when you, when you committed the felony that you were, um, that you, you did time for that. Yes. And then you were deported afterwards. Yes. And see, one of the things that people forget is a lot of the, there's a lot of Vietnam veterans that are deported, and a lot of these guys, you know, they they they've had years of addiction, a lot, and that's because, you know, the problems that they came back when when they got when they when they came from the war. One of the, a lot of the veterans that are out here, they're out, they're suffering from addictions, from all kind of problems, and and uh, when you don't have the right help and, and you don't have the help, it just it makes things so much worse. Well, um, and well, I hear you, man. Um, listen. Um, uh, first of all, thanks for calling us. What, is there anything else you'd like to share with our listeners before we let you go? Um, we do have a support house. Uh, if anybody's interested, they can uh, contact you guys or uh, email me at banishedveteran at yahoo.com and support the troops. We had a Memorial Day service for, uh, for a deported veteran that died at 70 without benefits. Uh, let's support the troops that are and support our soldiers that are here, the families, not just deported veterans, while they're living, not, not till they're dead, not till they're, they're homeless or addicted. Help them while they're well, while they're coming back. Hey, Holmes, I haven't been to TJ in a while. Hey, eh? I'm going to go down there, eh? <laughs> yes, sir. I'm down, eh? Go take a picture on a zebra donkey. <laughs> <laughs> Some tacos and beer. Thanks for calling in, uh, uh, Hector. That's he- uh, banishedveterans at yahoo.com. Um, also, Hector, before you go, just want to remind you, if you have a chance to talk with uh, Sergeant Tamarisi, uh, would you give us a call or contact us and let us uh, give us a report on how he's doing and what he had to say? Okay, we are we are uh, looking forward to to meeting him. We're there for moral support. I re, I'm not a judge or jury, sure, uh, but we will there. We, we will support him morally and make sure that he get, he gets treated right. Please come back and report on that for us. Okay, I will, brother. Okay, thanks for calling him, my man. Okay, right. Very interesting. Very interesting. You know, at the same time that I feel for Hector. You know, I still I, I'm I'm very strong on the on the immigration thing. I hate to say it. I mean, you know, nah. You know yeah, what? But he he fought for our country. He did something that neither you or I could have been, you know, courageous enough to do. They did their time. Yes, there. You know, there were situations where they were they were an immigrant. They were brought here. They came here. What whatever the situation is, they they paid their dues to be in this country. They've earned a spot to be here. That's a very good point. Very good point. I liked it, it, eh? They earned it, it. You know what? If they have, <laughs> and a lot I of us have maybe it, eh? there needs to be maybe there needs to be some legislation written that, you know, that if you do because it's not in there that if you serve our country you don't get no. automatic citizenship. No. They do expedite the process, but the problem is uh, you have to follow through with it. And Wait. a lot of these banished veterans, let me finish real quick. They don't. They either don't know that they need to, or they just. Don't back and you know what? Let me tell you. Back in the day, during the the uh, early nineteen or eighteen hundreds, when we were at World War One, was it? And we had the whole like all the, what, the what immigrants year? come in. What year? I think it was world. I don't know. Nineteen eighteen hundred. Eighteen hundred. When we had World War One, right? <laughs> it was 19, when it was World 19, War nineteen twenty or nineteen twelve, something like that. Whatever. Uh, or before <laughs> yeah. that, uh, what were they doing? They were letting immigrants in. Uh, a lot of them from Europe. And they were they were immediately checking out the guys and and taking them uh, uh, immediately kind of drafting them right. to go serve, you know that. So it's kind of like a like a double standard, you know what I'm saying? Uh, I I think that uh, I'm with Jackie on that, and I'm I'm with Hector on all that. 
I don't think uh, you throw all the technicalities out the door, right? You know, ethics, you know, I mean, not ethics, is it? Yeah, etiquette calls and honor calls for, for us to honor our, our, our um, veterans. Um, I, I do feel, again, the nah, laws. Chale. Yeah, yes, do, eh? The, girl, the uh, laws exist, you know, and. and um, why do they exist? Because they're out there fighting for it to to preserve it, Jose. Very good point. Sad story. Wonderful uh, phone call from Hector Barajas. Thank yeah. you so much for for calling in. And anyone who wants to call in and share uh, their you know opinions, thoughts, or um, ideas on this topic, feel free to call in here at the Luces Garage at six two six two seven five six two six two seven five eight nine. Four six. All right, guys. Moving on to our next story. Hey, you know what? Though at least he's not over there like Snowden in Russia. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> he can't even leave Russia. Eh? <laughs> okay, so this is another hot topic that uh, that uh, came about. Time Magazine unveiled its latest cover, um, featuring transgender actor Laverne Cox. <laughs> Cox is best known for her role as Sophia Bursette in the Netflix series Orange is the New Black. She's featured under the headline, The Transgender Tipping Point. Uh, she's received several awards for her work as the first transgender black woman to have a leading role on a mainstream U.S. TV show. Um, there was controversy initially because Time had released their 100 Most Influential People, and they didn't include her in the list, which was uh, released in April. So they got a huge online backlash that she should have been on that list because, of course, as I just said, she's one of the first transgender actors in mainstream I, TV. I, I did not know that. Yeah, she is. I never knew that. Yeah. That's, a new, that's why we should the listen list. to Twin Talk with Jose and Angel. The list. What I missed the whole beginning. What's the list? It's about? the 100 most influential people that okay. Time releases every single year. Oh, yeah, and they yeah. released it in April and they didn't include her. Okay. And she's been blowing up on the scene, receiving awards. And uh, like Jose said, a lot of people don't even know she's a transgender woman. Yeah. They have no idea. She looks like a regular woman who's uh -huh. just an actress. Um, so there was a huge <laughs> online backlash that this woman, this show, Orange is a New Black, has been on since last year in the summer of 2013. Uh -huh. And it's just blown up. First of all, it's on Netflix, which is not a main network. It's a series that was released by Netflix. But it's got such huge popularity by people from the writing and the acting that it's become as competitive as if it were to be on ABC, ABC, CBS, whatever, right. maybe, mm -hmm. whatever major network. Um, so she's received major awards and has become extremely popular in the LGBT community. So when she wasn't on that list of the 100 most influential people, there was a huge backlash. So now, ta-da, she got her Time cover on the magazine. Wow. Wow. Yes. She went on, on Time on the cover. Is she wearing orange or black? No, she's actually wearing a, a beautiful blue dress. And she's very vocal about uh, uh. In, within the LGBT community about the issues that they are um, coming across so that's why there was such a backlash because not only is she on one of the most popular shows right now she's very she's very vocal about the issues that are that are that the lgbt community is facing so that's why they had this huge backlash and she was the first transgender black woman to ever be on the time magazine that's pretty cool um uh, i have i have that's pretty cool 
But you know, let me. Can I mention something that I that because I don't I don't really watch all I watch uh, I don't really watch these uh, television shows and uh, I don't Netflix. I don't know what this uh, uh, really what this mo- this show Orange Is the New Black I can I do know what it is you know it's based in a women's prison yes right correct so you have these because I've seen my sons watching them my sons are uh, a young adult so I you know I don't really monitor what they watch anymore <laughs> uh-huh. uh, and so they're, they're they're glued to it too so obviously and their friends sometimes they come and visit so obviously it's it is popular I know it's popular but what I'm concerned about is what the content you know the the popularity of movies of shows like this like what was that meth one that you really liked a lot oh my god that was awesome bad. Breaking Bad Breaking Bad yeah. and then Orange is the New Black with with the uh uh a, uh, a, a in a time where there's uh, such a big deal, so much money being poured in to the uh, industrial uh, prison complex uh, uh, and private the private complex, and and uh, so many of our minorities out there. In fact, a lot of them. I have no idea where you're going with it. What I'm saying is that <laughs> is that be, the television and the mass media is very powerful in the people's psyche, mm-hmm. and uh, psyche, well, psyche, psyche. And and when we have, when we have the shows like this that's so popular and, and they tend this kind of stuff tends to be the most popular. You don't see Little House in the Prairie anymore, or or you know uh, uh, the Waltons. You know uh, uh, what I'm and so it's bringing our mentality into a place where okay, wow, cool, it's kind of cool. Okay, kinda I, like I, okay, gangster I, rap. I think kind of I, I think cool. what you're trying to say is that like the selling, villains selling are the new ma- heroes. Yes. Yeah, okay. Get meth. to the point. Selling meth. Hey, I Dexter. could I could paint it any way I want. I know, but it was very you, very hard to get to it. You take you take no, Charlie. It was it was perfect. I, I was enjoying it, that one. Eh? You were was, enjoying it, but yes. we were like we were gritting our teeth over here, like we're cringing. <laughs> I think like, Jackie enjoyed it over there with her yellow headphones or pink headphones. <laughs> Yellow headphones. I'm sorry, I got mixed Yellow's up with your, pink. your yellow hair. <laughs> pink is it? Okay, so what you're trying to get at is now. I, I hear you. I suspect. The new, the new, I suspect the mass media, which is controlled by private capitalistic companies, oh, which is con- which is part of the machine, and 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 it's that's what, the thing. You, I don't know. I, you never got to good a point. thing. Good thing for the LGP. What's your point? Well, my point is. It has it has nothing to do with the LGB community. Uh-huh. It has to do with the fact that, what does that the that we that the mass media is pushing these kind of uh, shows shows on television. Okay, okay. I have no idea why you went on this tangent, okay. but we're trying to it's say not, is that because uh, it's my show. Okay, I could f- go on a tangent okay, anytime let me I want. Let me respond. So what you're trying to say then is the fact that a lot of our shows that are very popular, Breaking Bad. Dexter, Weeds, and all these ones like Orange is New Black, they portray the heroine and the heroes. Nothing wrong with Weeds, eh? Heroine and the (laughs) heroes of the film are actually villains, and that's a problem to you. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, it's been yeah, it's a problem with me too. Um, uh, Well, the problem with me is that you don't see. uh, It's not so much a problem with me. The problem is that. The problem I had with television is that there used to be a time where at the beginning of the show, it was a family show and the, the shows that kids were able to watch. At the beginning of the show, there was a lesson to learn. And at the end of the show, the parents sat bedside to the kid and said, so, Billy, what did you learn? <laughs> and Billy said, oh, you're right, Mom. You're right, Dad. I learned my lesson. And then in the 80s, I noticed it in the 80s. In the mid-80s and so forth, it became the parents sitting bedside to the kids saying, I'm sorry, Billy. 
I didn't realize I hurt your feelings. And so the paradigm changed from the kids learning lessons to the parents and the adults learning lessons. And that, to me, was the beginning of the fall of the decline of Western civilization. When, when these progressives started talking about all these lessons you need to learn from children. You know what? Sure, there's no handbook to being a parent, but we know more than our kids. I'll tell you that right now. Oh, yeah, I know everything. I always told my kids that. I know everything. I told my kids, you know that book you're reading? I freaking wrote it. <laughs> I wrote that damn book. <laughs> Lovely. Well, <laughs> let's not take away from from uh, from Miss Cox. <laughs> I know. Hey, right Congratulations, Miss Cox. I'm going to check her out. She's on the cover of Time. On the cover of Time. I'm going to check her out. Is she, uh, is she pretty? She's a beautiful woman. Yeah. yeah. A lot of people don't even know she's a transgender woman. That's how... Well, Pretty looking she I'm gonna is. Check it. I'm gonna Laverne ask, Cox, check her out. I'm going to ask my sons because they watch that show. Hey, you guys think she's pretty? <laughs> <laughs> Anybody watch that show, The Orange is the New Black? Uh, and uh, do you know who she is? Tell me she's pretty. Post it. Give us a call at 626-275-TWIN. 626-275-8946. All right, guys. I like that one, eh? That's the controversy album, right? Oh. Now, men, I know I'm we gonna. No. That's Chris, baby. I know he sings like a girl, but it's rocking. <laughs> I like Chris's voice. And he dressed like a transgender woman. Here it is. Album. It's all we ever need. <laughs> Sexuality. Okay, go ahead, baby. Moving on to our next story, it. guys. All right, men. I know you're going to have a mini heart attack right now. But porn might be bad for your brain, guys. <laughs> okay. Just might be. A German study suggests that watching porn may be linked to reduced activity in certain areas of the brain. This new study finds that men who watch a lot of pornography tend to have less gray matter volume as well as less activity in the region of the brain linked to rewards. The German study, which was published in the psychiatry uh, magazine, analyzed a relatively uh, small sample, so a small group of, uh, of men, <laughs> and, and provided the first evidence which could lead to establishing a link between the pornography consumption and brain size. <laughs> Interesting. So if you guys are watching porn, your brain might be a little smaller. Might be hey, well, they they <laughs> they should have also tested the other head, eh? Maybe some of them oh, went Lord. down there. <laughs> they questioned about 64 healthy men between the ages of 21 to 45 about their porn watching habits. They examined their brains and how they reacted to the pornographic images and took images of their brains in order to measure the volume. Oh, Charlie, I wouldn't let them go in my head when I'm watching porn. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it also showed that the brain region activated when people view sexual stimuli is less active in men who watch a lot of pornography. Did it matter? Wait, the, say that last line again. What? The um, when they the brain region that's activated when people view any sort of sexual stimuli type of thing is less active in men who watch a lot of pornography. So that means that they will not be satisfied with normal sexual stimulant, just porn. So that means that those men probably don't get turned on as much by their women anymore. And they do with porn. That's why a lot of that shit happens. I've heard about that. Mm -hmm. there's, a, there's a really interesting and a really good movie. Uh, 
Don Juan. Uh, by the uh, uh, the he, he was the young actor uh, actor on Third Rock for the Sun. I forgot his name. I forgot his name. Okay. And it really it's it's a it's a bit of a comedy of a young man. Uh, it's, it's actually written and uh, directed by him. It's his debut direct directorial movie. Directorial. And it's, and it's a and it's a really good uh, uh, observation at this because it's about a young man who's out of New Jersey and he's kind of a player and and but he watches porn. And how it affects his relationships. <laughs> uh-huh. so there's a, it's a, it, it's a, it's like a dark humor. It's, it's very well done, but I, it's very interesting. I think I've heard of that. And uh, uh, and it kind of touches on that. I can see how that could happen because, you know, w- your your blood is rushing to your uh, <laughs> to those areas. So you know, your gray matter needs blood. So it's probably dying on you. You know, uh, I, the the brain is not like it's not a muscle per se. What? What? It's not a muscle. It's not. Yeah, it is. It's a muscle because you have to work it out and exercise it as well. Well, what, what no, were you not, talking about? Not, use it or lose it? Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. But you got to use it or lose it. Not, That's why you you have to do uh, activities. You have to do games no, to keep no, your brain going, uh, yeah. or else you get Alzheimer's. No. But it's not you a muscle. To, you have to play Tetris. But it's figuratively <laughs> speaking, you have to play. Uh, what's that? Uh, that po- that game. The game, uh, hold on, card me, game. But it's not a muscle. <laughs> yes, figuratively speaking, you, it is a muscle, and that you need to exercise it. Yeah. But what you have hold on is, a second. is a matter. I'm flexing it right now. As you have matter, <laughs> and you have synapses, and you have neurons, and things like that. But you don't have muscle. Maybe not literally. That's what physically. I meant. That's what I'm trying to say. Oh, okay. Okay. So, so when you use the brain, uh, the the brains, the the areas in your brain that you stimulate more. You know, are the ones that are going to get the exercise, and the ones that don't, so to speak, exercise are not. We got a lot of muscles in I here, know, dude. I know what happened, dude. Quien no se baño. Anyway, that's why they're in here. Ugh. So, point of the story is, guys, don't watch that much porn unless you wanted. Uh, I'm not a big less porn mass, guy. You want less gray matter. Hit gray up your matter, ladies. Gray matter. Hit up your ladies, or maybe. You know, support your local businesses. Go to a strip club. I'm not a fan of strip joints. Um, I'm not. I don't do a lot of you porn. You can't touch. But it's fun to do the porn with your girl. That really? Could be, that could be fun. Yeah, yeah. Um, but more than anything, if I want to look for that kind of stimulate, I go to my girl. Jackie's all being thoughtful. Really? I go to my girl. Porn doesn't. You know, it could be fun with the girl, and definitely don't do strip joints. I'm just not. A, it's ridiculous to me. Spend I'm money on that. It's it, well, you know, it you're, depends su- on, you're supporting. Unless my their, girl wants to go, you're supporting their future endeavors, which could be college or law school. <laughs> or uh, habits. I'm not gonna. <laughs> I'm not gonna do that with my dollar. It's not worth my money to watch a girl <laughs> when I could just maybe ask my girl to do a little dance. Well, I'm saying me. maybe you don't have a girl or girls to pick from. Well, even then, or I just listen. To I didn't need to. Talk, I, right? I, I just. I know I don't do that. Just listen. Never like do twin talk. Don't get me wrong. I we love got, the female we body. Got, we got Jackie. Yeah. I just don't like just the whole. Just listen to Jackie. <laughs> the whole facade, the whole thing. Oh, I'm dancing. The whole for you. illusion. Oh, it, I don't fall for it. It's, I, I go meet a girl. I'd have you more. would. They would probably not like you at the strip joint. Totally would. Because you would totally question them, and I'm like, yeah. He would talk politics. Yeah, and they'd be like. Obama put you up to this. She'd be you? like, hey, my girl's Heather. What's her Bullshit. Your, your name ain't Heather. <laughs> <laughs> that's all that I have for tonight, guys. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that's Jackie Casa with the news and dirty laundry. Stay tuned. We'll be back with the pay trip pass and the chill lounge. Also, Lisa Deftari.
flash again. Martinez, your loca host of Maz TV. Just wanted to check in with y'all and let you know to catch our show every Saturday at 8.30 a.m. on Channel 20, DirecTV, Dish, and AT&T Uverse. Tune in. Welcome back to Twin Talk with Jose and Angel. I'm Jose. And I'm Angel. And we're broadcasting live from Theo Luis's garage on TwinTalkCast.com. We're also doing it out of the largest internet radio network in the world, Live365.com. Look for us. Uh, look for our radio station, Twin Talk Cast. Twin Talk Cast Radio. And we're also doing it in the garage amongst a lot of flying gnats. Now, these are these spiders, or uh, I don't know. Are they, they bugs? They're just flying dude, around I'm here, right? Gonna spr- I'm going to get this. Sp- Do they still sell that spray that you, you know, that you fog a room with? Like the pump ones? No, the one you kind of walk away, you let you spray a room. That's crazy. I don't think they live in the garage. I think they just came in because we left the, the garage door open. Oh, opening. my God. This is awful. Anyway, um, as you uh, as we talked about in the news and dirty laundry segment uh, today, uh, the controversy over the president's uh, trade of five high-level Al-Qaeda operatives from Gitmo for one controversial soldier, apparently someone who uh, is accused of deserting his post in Afghanistan, has raised a lot of eyebrows. Even people like uh, Senator Feinstein and other senators are saying, wait a minute. Um, or a congressman, they're saying, wait a minute. Uh, the law says, Angel, that if you're going to release somebody from Gitmo, you have to bring it up to Congress 30 days before. And he didn't do that. Oh, no? This this adds to yet another one of uh, President Obama's uh, tyrannical decisions where he does it and he, and he, and he apologizes later. Um, anyway, to give us some light on what's going on and, and, and explain it a little better, uh, with us right now from uh, LisaDaftari.com is Middle East uh, expert, um, uh, Fox News contributor, uh, blogger, writer, uh, multimedia journalist, and a uh, friend of ours is Lisa Deftari. Hello. So, Lisa, thanks for being on the show with us tonight. Uh, we really appreciate it. How you been? 
Good, good. Thank you for having me back. Hi, Jose. Hi, Angel. So, um, hi, uh, hi, Lisa. Wow, um, this is one of the things that our administration uh, has done. Of the many things that has really, really disturbed me. I think that's the correct word. Um, so many questions come up, but but can you paint a picture for our listeners who don't know what has happened? Just the overview. What has happened in regards to this trade? What what what's going on? So Saturday, President Obama announced that an American soldier would be um, released from uh, Afghanistan for in exchange for five uh, very deadly terrorists being released from Guantanamo Bay. Uh, and there's backlash from every angle here. Uh, and as um, details begin to surface, uh, Americans, Afghanis, families of soldiers that are um, sent abroad, uh, there's, there's, there's disillusionment and, and questions from, from every angle. Uh, and if we start looking at some of the details, uh, this announcement was made on a Saturday, on a weekend, when media is off and the country is not really paying attention. It's on, uh, you know, the, whenever we have, uh, there's a U.S. law requiring whenever you have Guantanamo Bay um, detainees being released, Congress needs to have a 30-day um, notice and, and, and to sign off on it, and that wasn't done in this case either. You have Susan Rice going on to a national, national security advisor and Susan Rice going on to the Sunday talk shows and defending um, this individual and basically painting him out to be a hero. And that I understand. I'm going to back up a bit here and say that I understand because once we release somebody, we want to think of them as somebody who went abroad and, um, you know, he, he paid his dues for his country. Is it but possible? What is we don't understand. Go ahead. But we don't understand. No, I think well, what, what we don't understand is that the research needs to be done not after the fact, not after he was released, not after a deal is struck, a bad deal is struck, but before. We understand that this man was not a hero. He was a defector. He left his base in 2009. He put, at least, and now reports say up to 14 people uh, from his unit um, were killed going out to look for him. And now this morning, an, another uh, development is that he left a letter. He left a letter saying that he denounces his American citizenship, that he's ashamed to be an American, that he wants to go out and actually find the Taliban. So he left his base to go be with the Taliban. Then there was another report that I, I reported on on my website, midispaces.com, yesterday. But in 2010, a report came out saying that one of his captors, had said that he converted to Islam in 2010 and was actually helping the Taliban learn certain things, you know, from the American, uh, from his American training, um, and he was teaching the Taliban these things. His father, separately, uh, before he was released, is tweeting things out to the Taliban spokesperson, saying that God is going to punish Americans for what they've done to the Afghani's, and that he is going to help. And this is obviously not verbatim, but something to the effect that he's going to help the uh, Taliban uh, uh, detainees be released. I mean, when you look at all these different angles, and then him coming on into the Rose Garden um, with the president uh, and, and stood there, and he starts off with Bismillahirrahmanirrahim, 
um, it really doesn't paint a, 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 a nice picture for an American patriotic family who sent their son abroad and now is celebrating the fact that America brokered a crappy deal to get him back. It paints the picture of someone who is anti-American, who is actually working in, in cahoots with the Taliban and is now celebrating alongside the Taliban. And again, you have a deal. There can't be two winners in a deal. Uh, you know, he obviously uh, is, is, is celebrating alongside of the Taliban. Meanwhile, you have congressional members uh, complaining. Diane Feinstein has is, is, is put out uh, something this morning. You have dozens of others coming out and calling this a bad deal, wondering why the president did not uh, ask for permission from Congress, did not give a warning. He brokered this deal, a crappy deal, and now we'll have to wait and see what the fallout is going to be from this when you have five they call them the dream team of the taliban were released and um, you know alongside this guy i mean if, if if everything that we are seeing is actually true and we connect the dots on all of this he might be one of the members of this dream team as well and and then and, and you know it's, americans have forgotten what the threat of radical islam is what the threat of jihadi ideology is uh, we had President, uh, President uh, Secretary Clinton, Hillary Clinton, wanting to engage with the Taliban, wanting to have direct talks with the Taliban. I mean, he, he had them cozying up to the Muslim Brotherhood in Egypt. We have forgotten what the threat of these groups are. Do we he have... as Americans had a policy of not negotiating with terrorists, and that's exactly what happened this weekend. We negotiated with terrorists. That's what I'm trying to get at myself. I mean, the fact that we are... Um, uh, in, in the same narrative of, for instance, uh, don't worry, this, this spying on our emails and on our phone calls and everything all has to do with national security to protect us from terrorists. Yet um, the top five terrorists in captivity have been let go for a questionable soldier. But So it's really disturbing to me. But on the other hand, shouldn't we bring our soldiers home? Absolutely, we should bring our soldiers home. And actually, the beautiful, t- the, you know, what, what we're, what, it's very difficult to really tell this story without going to extremes. And what I mean by that is, yes, we don't want to say that we don't value American life. We value American life, but the, if this guy is actually anti-American, why do we value his life over the 14 that went out to save him? Why do we value his life over what these five terrorists who were released, what they're capable of doing? How about the, the American lives that they can hurt? And look, the bottom line is, this is not a partisan issue. This is an American issue. National security is an American issue. And what we do, and this administration does really, is create this cultural relativism to say, well, we're just as bad, and we do this, and we're Afghanistan and we're in Iraq and we have a war on women back at home and we don't give out birth control pills and we're anti-abortion and we do this and we do that. The war on women is when a 12-year-old is stoned to death because she has a boyfriend. That's the war on women. Agreed. Agreed. When you really look at you know what, what this administration has done is created an uninformed population and for the majority of people who don't follow the news and don't follow the facts and what they do is they really make the, uh, the, the the people who want to be well aware, and I'm not even going to say it's just the right wing, because you do have a lot of moderates and you do have a lot of people who are left to center who are very well aware of the facts and what's going on, but they've created such a lack of transparency and they, they really, they 
paint themselves out to be such a transparent administration, but we've never had such secrecy. We've never had a president who unilaterally goes in and frees and brokers a, a crappy deal and announces it on a Saturday without any congressional permission and goes forward with all of it and let, then let me, let me stands ask there you, and defends this decision. Yeah, and what I, what's really stands out to me uh, so blatantly is the fact that he's set a precedent, basically saying, look, you know, um, one of our soldiers would be worth 10 of your most awesomest Al-Qaeda terrorists. And so now I believe right. he's putting our soldiers who are abroad um, in more harm because now they see that there's negotiating. Now they see that they can buy, uh, you know, 10 of their people or five of their people back with one of our soldiers. Right, and that's going to be exactly. So there's even, you know, the fallout is already what we're seeing. Ted Cruz up this over the weekend to say, now that's the going rate, five to one. So grab any innocent American soldier that you could see in Afghanistan, and you know what? We're going to broker you. Or civilian. And, and, or civilian and abroad. Civilians. Civilians, right, abroad. And what's going to happen, well, whether it's men in uniform, women in uniform, or civilians abroad, that's the going rate now, and that's the precedent that's being set now. And uh, you know what? It's at every turn, it's really diminishing the American presence abroad. It's diminishing the American presence on the international stage. I really feel like this administration, or at least this president, really has a disdain for the American way. I mean... It, I'm not into conspiracy theories, Jose, and we've talked about this, and sure. uh, I don't know what your angel's opinion is on this, but uh, it, it does appear that way. Look, this was not a, this was not a pro-American um, move, and what's what's very upsetting is that they will try to create the narrative to be that if you don't stand behind the decision to go broker a deal and get Bo Bergdahl back, then you are anti-American and you don't care for human life. They're, gonna, they're going to pander to the emotional uh, base in America. Let me ask you this. And Is that's, it... you know, that the facts speak for themselves. And there's, there's more emotion behind the facts here. When you think about the 14 who lost their lives, you think about the parents of those 14 right. who've been told that their children went out to fight Taliban. No, they went out to get this guy, and this guy was a defector, and those are the facts. i tell you what, I'm not anti-Muslim, or, or, or do I have any hate uh, toward any people of this world ba purely based on their religious background or their race or nationality, but I will say this. If I was um, a soldier in war in the Middle East uh, fighting what is typically an Arabic uh, yeah, you know, or in a, what do you call them? Those ra the radical Muslims. If the the father of a rescued soldier, so to speak, rescued, uh, was brought back, and the father in the rose garden, standing next to the president, starts speaking in Arabic, I'm sorry, it wouldn't rub me the right way. So, Mike, what no. I'm getting at is, aren't there other soldiers that they could have? I hate to say the word negotiated, but brought back. Right. So why was he? He's the why were right. So there are others, and that's what what you know. Every moment we have new reports coming out because he was painted out to be the only Afghan, the only American in Afghanistan. There's three others. We have in Iran. We have a former Marine rotting in a prison cell in Iran, and nothing. Why don't we broker a deal? Yeah, we're brokering a deal. We're brokering a bad nu nuclear deal with Iran instead. We're negotiating with a terrorist regime that's holding one of ours. He's, they're holding a pasture. I mean. It's really mind-boggling the decisions that this administration makes. And like you said, there were other there were other innocent Americans. The Sudanese Christian woman that's in, in, going to be executed in Sudan. Right. 
Her husband is an American citizen. That child that she has is an American citizen. And what's our administration doing to get her back, get her out of, of harm's way? There's also and there's the, so many questions to be asked. There's also, meeny, meeny, right. There's also the uh, U.S. Marine Corps Sergeant Tamarisi in a Mexican jail who ha- accidentally drove into into the border, uh, across the border with his um, registered uh, weapons, made a 911 phone call saying, oops, I made a wrong turn, um, help me out, and now he's languishing in jail in a in most notorious prison in, in, in Baja, California. And uh, the president said in the same speech where he's uh, justifying his his uh, his move to free um, Bergdahl uh, that they will leave no one behind. All right, well, we're leaving, unfortunately, many behind, and we're leaving many innocent people behind well i don't so, forget the four um, left yeah, behind in Benghazi. I, was, I, I was saying that i don't forget the four that were left behind to, to be killed in benghazi in 9-11 right right and that's the point that nobody really wants to make here to equate you know to, to make this some sort of uh you know government look i i'm willing even to say that perhaps even the president was duped that he didn't do this on purpose, that he didn't make this decision on purpose. He didn't want the Gitmo detainees to be released on purpose. Let's just let's just go along with this narrative and say maybe, perhaps, even the president was duped by this man and his father and the Taliban. Let's just say that. Why, why then, isn't this administration open to answering these questions? Right. Can't we say that we made a mistake and they're the enemy and they actually fooled us? They came and they they presented themselves as, as, as he was a hero, he was you know a serviceman, and we don't leave anyone behind. And we, but instead, they're covering up every single angle of this. I mean, if there are these many questions and these many suspicious facts about the case, then why not be open to it? Just like Benghazi, it's almost as if we know that there's guilt because of the way that this is being handled. Well, you know, I, I, I well, it, it would be as easy as asking your military advisors. I saw a couple of Albert Dahl's um, superiors on, on television talking about that Bergdahl should not be so-called rehabilitated from his injuries or whatever. He should be tried for going AWOL and even for treason. And you know what the answer to that's going to be, Jose? The answer to that is going to be he paid five years and that's enough. Yeah, well, they've already said that. Um, uh, Susan Rice said that, uh, that in, in, the, in the interview or in the press conference, talk, they, they immediately asked, I mean, they asked her that and she immediately came back with practically verbatim what right. you just said, which right. is, so going forward, that's going to be, that's going to be, you know, the, the, the standard is that he paid his dues. Let's leave him alone. He needs time with his family and look. It, it is a touching story. He was he was held captive and he was released. Was, was he held captive? Story. He was a serviceman in uni- Was he held, was he he held captive? Well, it really depends on if you want to look at the facts or not. It's very convenient not to look at the facts and look at it as a very simple story of a man in a uniform coming home back to America to his family. And you know what? There's going to be pictures of him and his dog. And then there was a, there was a picture, uh, this, uh, story rather, a few days ago about how his girlfriend thought he wasn't going to come back because she found love with another man and everyone felt sorry for the guy. He's coming back and he doesn't even have a girlfriend now. I mean, now the story, the, the plot is much thicker and uh, he has definitely many more uh, issues to deal with. And it's not just a, a lost girlfriend. Well, I'll tell you what, I'm going to um, I'm going to go back. I do feel that there's more. I hate to use the word conspiracy, but there is a policy in this administration, uh, right. an, an apologetic um, 
stance toward the Muslim um, uh, nations and the, even the right. radicals, a uh, an attempt to be diplomatic with radical fundamentalists that don't know any diplomacy. They only know the strong right. arm. And um, and I think that our president and or his administration are out of tune with reality. Right. Either they're out of tune with reality or they have their own uh, agenda, as, as you suggested, in terms of you know using political correctness as a tool in order to further the gains of these radical groups. And I hate to believe that, that in 2014, this is an administration that is actually... Um, helping, supporting uh, terror groups, wanting to negotiate with terror groups and terror governments. Uh, and that's exactly what's going on. And we're sitting down with Iran's government. We're, uh, we, we sided with the wrong side of Egypt. Even in cases when it was a 50-50 chance of being right, we were wrong. We were wrong at every turn on in foreign policy. And this administration, they have their own calculus. And as you pointed out, it doesn't, it doesn't seem as though... You know, it's it's one of two two things. It could either be that they're just so uninformed and so green on foreign affairs, or it could be that this is actually their agenda. This is what the president wants to take forward. And um, I'm you know, starting I think to believe that. Many examples. I'm starting to believe that yeah. very much. Yeah, so. I mean, like you said, there's just too many. There's too many incidences. I mean, once or twice or three times, you think, okay, I mean, he made a mistake. He didn't know. He didn't know. He didn't know. But at, at a certain point, you start to connect all the dots, and it seems, you know, he's he's a better friend to to the enemy than he is to his constituency back at home. Well, four people died in Benghazi. No one's been brought to law to the law. Nobody. Um, it seems to no. be, uh, and not even on the list of things to do for the president. Um, he clearly it shows some kind of look. If I was going to make a trade. If I was even going to negotiate with ter- terrorists, which I believe is the wrong thing to do, I would certainly not send their top five al-Qaeda operatives. Absolutely. You know? And you know what, Jose? You just hit upon a very, very, very important to- talking point in this case where a lot of people in the last 48 hours have said, look, we're pulling out of Afghanistan anyway. We would have to broker a deal anyway. Those five in Gitmo would be released anyway. I mean, I've heard this <laughs> ad nauseum. Right. But. The answer to that is, okay, if that's the case, then why didn't our president leverage a better deal? Why didn't we get more out of this? Yes. If, if we're going to have to pull out anyway, if we're going to have to give up things anyway, why didn't we get more out of this? And that's something that's, that's a definite, I mean, one-to-one correlation on what this president has done incorrectly in the region. We've lost leverage at every single turn, every single opportunity. We still write the checks to Egypt. We still give them the fighter jets. We still give them the helicopters, but we've lost our political voice there. They found it in Russia. They found it in Kuwait. They found it in Saudi Arabia. I mean, you look around the region, what's going on in Syria, we don't have a handle on it. We have no political leverage to say anything. Look at what's going on with Iran. We're negotiating with them, but we don't have a, a voice. We don't have, we can't tell them. They, they're telling us. They're flexing their muscles, and they're telling us. Wow. So, you know, when I... Go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead, sorry. Well, when I point these things out on my radio show or on uh, on Facebook, um, I get so much lashback from people. Um, You are much more articulate at these things and uh, obviously more learned. What would you like to let our listeners or America know? What's the last thing you would, would want to impart to them about this last horrible decision and or the several before that 
I, I think this is this is, and I, I, I've, I alluded to it earlier, and I'll say it again. This is what I've been saying for the last 48 hours. To me, the most important thing to take away from this whole situation is that if we ask questions, it's not anti-American. If we question this deal, we're not being anti-American. We're not being anti-President Obama. We're not being anti the Democratic base. We are asking questions because we care about America. We care about our national security. National security, counterterrorism, is not a partisan issue. If we want to keep our children safe, if we want to prevent our malls and our pizza shops and our um, stadiums from being bombed, this is not a partisan issue. You will not be saved if you're voting Democratic, and you won't be bombed if you're a Republican. It's an American issue, and I think that that's what's the most important here. And if people are really questioning this deal, if people are actually worried and losing sleep over these five deadly terrorists being on the loose now and being more radicalized than ever after being in Gitmo and wanting to retaliate, that's a perfectly fine and justified fear. It doesn't make you anti-American. It doesn't make you Islamophobic. It doesn't make you anti-Obama or anti-democratic. And I think that that's really the fear that's been imparted by this administration. They want people to really just go forward with emotions. And again, the emotions are here, even on the other side. When 14 uh, sets of parents have to be informed that their child was, was, was killed in Afghanistan because they went out looking for this guy who just left. He left, he abandoned, he deserted. And these are really facts. So I think we really have to be aware, be informed, get the facts, and that's the most important thing. Thank you very much. Lisa Deftari from lisadeftari.com. Did you mention a new website? Yes, mideastspaces.com. This is a website that talks about the human stories of the Middle East, putting them in context. I think a lot of the, this, this case is a perfect example of how, uh, as Americans, we get the, you know, the mainstream media covers these stories, but not doesn't really give you the context, the background, the cultural and the social and the political uh, context to these stories. And that's what this website is uh, setting out to do. Ladies and gentlemen, check it out. Lisa Deftari, probably the most learned and nicest and coolest chick when it comes and, to the Middle East. Thanks so much hot. for being talk again. <laughs> Love you, miss you. Talk to you soon, okay? Talk to you soon. <laughs> Bye, Lisa. Uh, so we'll be... Well, that's... I mean, she's really... Something else. Well, you know what? Let me tell you, I, I was a bit enlightened. I'm glad. And that's the point here. I want people to uh, understand and put aside partisan politics and realize that if the president, regardless of his party affiliation, is being stupid, he's being stupid. <laughs> uh, we'll be right back with Angel's Chill Lounge. Right, bro? Yes. We'll be right back. Shoot. Twin today. Listen to Twin Talk with Jose and Angel, Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Welcome back to Twin Talk with Jose and Angel. Kick back and listen.
Get over yourself. Does the proverbial life only happens to you? I'm lost. Does the proverbial life only happens to you only happen to you? I can understand that someone may annoy you or that the boss man does not appreciate you and you feel that no one gets you. But if you would just stop all of the boohoo and would see that the commonality in all of this is you. So as far as a favor to you from you, get over yourself and into something greater than you an action or cause an absence or presence a spoken or unspoken word a hero or sacrifice whatever it is shift the energy from to you and let it flow from you to something greater than you chill one love And that's the latest edition of Angels Chill Out. Thus ends the this week's Twin Talk with Jose and Angel. We thank you for listening. We want to thank Lisa Deftari from lisadeftari.com and Mideast Faces. Check out her website, Mideast Faces. It's fascinating. Oh, and, uh, informative. Awesome. That was a, uh, informative. Also, Hector Barajas from Banished Veterans. Uh, that was a really good call. I hope to hear some more from him in the future. Hey, Jennifer, yes, we just spoke. We spoke to Hector about 10 minutes ago. I see that you posted that you missed it. Check tomorrow. Uh, the podcast will be up. You'll be able to hear his interview. We also want to thank um, Hector Barajas from Banished or Deported Veterans.com. Again. Again. You just said it, huh? <laughs> yeah. Anyway, we want to thank him. We want to thank Jackie Costas for doing her thing, as she always does, with the news and dirty uh, laundry. Yeah, be careful with porn, eh? Because you start losing brain cells, eh? <laughs> and we want to thank you all for listening. Tune in next week on TwinTalkCast.com for another edition of Twin Talk with Jose and Angel. Yeah, next week we have the awesome chick band called Frantic Ginger. They're going to debut their new album, Inside Your your Wasteland, dropping on Friday the 13th. But they're going to be here sharing some stuff. Are they going to perform? Uh, I'm not sure yet, but they're going to bring some tracks. And also, we're going to talk to them. Just chicks that rock. Also, stay tuned for coming up in the coming weeks. Elizabeth Espinosa from CNN Español and from 640 KFI uh, Talk Show. She will be with us chatting us up. Also, stay tuned for The Blender Girl coming up this month. She's going to talk about her new book on how to blend and juices and what have you. She will be here. Hopefully, we'll get her to blend some stuff in Deal Luis's Garage. Menealo, menealo. Menealo, menealo. So, hey, check us out on TwinTalkCast.com. If you missed this podcast uh, live, check it out on TwinTalkCast.com. Previous podcast coming up tomorrow. Good night. Shoo!